1: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 533 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On, from our good friends in Pacifier, you can check those guys out anywhere you get your music, and today, very special treat for you guys, we have part two of our conversation with Vince Mercogliano. Vince does a great job covering the Rangers for LoHud.com as well as USA Today, and we're going to get into a variety of different topics, including uh, some trade talks and potential trade targets for the New York Rangers. Vince is also going to talk about uh, what he believes might be uh, some of the differences between the Rangers under Gerard Gallant, as opposed to David Quinn in the previous couple of seasons, and Vince is also going to be kind enough to try to explain to all of us what it was like to be in Madison Square Garden on Henrik Lundqvist night. Some of you might have been there, but I think most of us were not, and uh, Vince is going to do the best he can to kind of, uh, you know, put that into words and explain what the feeling was in Madison Square Garden as the Kings number uh, rose into the rafters there. So yeah, like I said, part two of our conversation with Vince Percogliano. Enjoy. You know, you mentioned the idea of possibly bringing in, uh, you know, a top six type of forward, you know, at or near the trade deadline this season. Definitely want to do a little bit of trade talk with you, uh, you know, at some point during this episode. So might as well just go ahead and dive into it. But, I mean, you know, there's, there's names that are out there. Maybe a JT Miller reunion makes some sense. Uh, Riley Smith's name has come up every now and then. One that seemed pretty out there, but I've almost kind of talked myself into it as far as uh, liking it is Claude Giroux. It would just be bizarre to see him as a ranger at this point. But, I mean, what, what are you thinking, man? Like, who, who's, who would be your top choice? Who do you think the Rangers really like as far as
0: forwards are concerned? Well, top choice, see, this, this is another thing where there's a lot of factors to consider. I think sure. the the Rangers, unless they are sending salary back or convincing another team to retain salary, they are – almost exclusively in the one-year rental market. They cannot just trade picks and prospects for a guy who's under contract for multiple years. I mean, I guess if you talk about a guy like JT Miller, if they were willing to let Strom go next in in the offseason, then maybe you could view him as a replacement. I haven't sensed a whole lot there. It's possible, but I, I don't know if Miller has been their focus. I don't really know if they particularly have a focus right now, to be completely honest with you. I think that they feel... The longer they wait, the more teams will ultimately decide, okay, we've fallen out of the playoff race. We're going to make guys available. The closer to the trade deadline that they get, I think they feel like things will heat up more. They'll have more options. They might not have to overpay as much. I think if they pulled the trigger on a deal right now, they'd probably have to overpay a little bit more than when things come down to the deadline. So a lot of fans have been asking me this recently. I don't know if they have a top number one target right now. I don't know if they think that anything is set in stone. I think that they are going to wait until closer to the deadline. We, it's not till March 21st. So we have a month and a half until we get there. So I think they're still kind of waiting to see what materializes, how the market plays out. As far as in an ideal scenario, you know, as far, and you know, these are all names that are floated. You don't know for sure if these teams are going to end up trading these guys. But for me, if you slid Tomas Hurdle, I've been talking about him for like two years. If you slid him from the San Jose Sharks into the middle of that lineup and you could make a permanent move with Hedl to the wing and then right down the middle, your top three centers are Zabanajad, Hurdle, and Strom. I mean, that's about, I think, I don't think you're going to find a move that solidifies the lineup as much as, as well as that one has not Hurdle's having an outstanding season, I've said, I've written this before. I like Joe Pawlowski a lot from the Dallas Stars. I think he would be a really good fit for them. A, a couple of the names that you touched on. I mean, Giroux is a guy that I think a lot of people started thinking about over the weekend because of the NHL All-Star game. I did ask around a little bit about, you know, is it is this whole, like, not trading in the division thing, is that something that would be a huge deterrent in that situation? People have reminded me that those trades have happened before, it has to be a deal, I think, that, that you know, really both sides feel like makes a lot of sense for them. And, and if there's other options, a team like the Flyers might be more inclined to send him out of the division. But I don't think you'd have the same rivalry sense that you would if they were trying to make a deal, like, let's say, with the Islanders or even with the Blue Jackets. You know, if you're talking intra-division, I think the whole JD thing and the way that he left might complicate that. So the Flyers don't seem like the craziest idea to me considering that a lot of people believe that they're going to trade Giroux, And I think he would be a pretty good fit for the Rangers, but there's also a chance that if the asking price is too rich for a lot of these big name guys, you know, these are all-star caliber players and hurdle Pawlowski and and Giroux that we're talking about that they could end up with a guy who's more of a middle six kind of forward. I know that wouldn't be the sexiest thing for Rangers fans, but I do think that they've looked at some guys that they feel like, you know, would be defensively responsible that could help them in, in little areas like that. I, I think, for me, they really need more scoring depth. Their secondary scoring, when you get beyond really five guys—Zabanajad, Strom, Kreider, Panarin, and Fox—after that, there's a huge drop off as far as where they're getting their scoring from. So, for me, I would want somebody who's going to be able to chip in goals and who's going to be able to help you out with your secondary scoring issues, especially at five on five. But I, I think, you know, if it, if it ends up being less of a splashy name, that would not surprise me at all. So we'll see. There's a lot of time. We're going we're gonna to see this thing materialize more. You're going to see teams get hot coming out of the break. You're going to see teams drop off coming out of the break, and that will tra- change the overall feel of the market. But I absolutely anticipate the Rangers will acquire someone. It's just, it's just a matter of who, and, and everybody wants the answers now, but it's going to be, I think, probably a month or so before we get a definitive answer.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a fun storyline to track for sure. And there's one other player switching our uh, attention to defenseman real quick here. His name comes up all the time. You might even know who I'm about to say, but you hear Jacob Chikrin's name come up. I mean, he's been connected to like every team in the NHL, I feel like. But, you know, the Rangers seem to have some interest. I've been trying to make sense out of this and, you know, the way Chikrin would fit with the Rangers. I believe he's under contract for another three seasons after this year at four and a half million a pop. And I don't know. I mean, I, I look at the Rainier defensemen. I mean, the top four, I'd put them up against just about any other quartet in the league. I mean, they got to be up there. And then, you know, you've got a bunch of young defense and Brayden Schneider has hit the ground running. Obviously, they, they like Lundqvist. They like Zach Jones. I don't know. It, to me, Jacob Chikrin, you know, acquiring that contract, plus whatever you would have to give away to Arizona. I've been lukewarm at best to this idea. But I mean, Vince, can you, can you make any sense out of this to me? I mean, do you, do you see him as a fit? And do you think that move makes sense for the Rangers on, on
0: some level? At the risk of, of making myself look foolish, I don't think there's anything there. I, I think there are yeah. certain times when a name gets floated somewhere on the Internet. Who knows who starts some of these things and, it, and people pick it up and run with it like that's just the world that we live in today. The sense that I've gotten is that Chickman is not anything the Rangers are chasing very much. Maybe maybe they've made calls on him that's not out of the realm of possibility. I think they've made a lot of calls. I think Chris Drury has really tried to get a feel for as many possibilities as, as, as he can. But I, I've, I've been told that there's not much there. I don't see too much logic behind it. I've been repeatedly told that forward is the priority, not defenseman. So Jacob Chikorin, I think that that's something that it it seems to me, because a lot of people are sending that to me, but I'm like, where did this, where did this really come from? I think to me, that seems like one of those things that got floated somewhere on Twitter and and, and a lot of people picked it up and ran with it. And there's not a whole lot of sourcing there, at least as far as my sourcing, maybe somebody has something that I don't have, but I I have not, I've asked about it a couple of times because it's come up and I've been asked about it, but, I have never gotten the sense that the Rangers were really involved in chicken very much. Just wanted to take a minute to
1: let everyone know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.net. Betonline has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before as football continues its march right to the big game. betonline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new, amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, just want to take a minute to thank everyone for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Olympic Daily Hockey, presented by Locked On NHL, a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. You can find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Something else that I definitely want to ask you about, you know, obviously, uh, as the world slowly starts to get back to normal a little bit, you know, you've been able to do your job in person and obviously travel with the team and all that stuff. Um, And obviously new coach this year, Gerard Gallant. Do you get like, is there anything different in the locker room? Because you've obviously been in there. I mean, do these guys and I like David Quinn, for the record, I'm not I'm not looking to bash Quinn or anything. I think he did a good job getting this team at least pointed in the right direction. But I mean, do these guys carry themselves differently? Is there, is there anything tangibly that's different in that locker room that, that you can put your finger on under Gallant rather than with Quinn?
0: Well, to set the record straight, we're not in the locker room this year.
1: So that, okay, is, okay. The, that
0: is the one thing that we're still waiting on and hoping for and keeping our fingers crossed that we'll have next season. The, this is, this is not, this is much different from the previous season where we were zoom only and we, knew we never saw anybody in person beyond going to home. The only thing we went in the, in the previous season that we did was go to home games. Mm-hmm. Now I, like you said, I'm back on the road. I am back to talking to the players in person, but it's like a podium thing. You, you do get chances, you know, before the interview, after the interview to chat with players a little bit, you'll run into them in arenas. Sometimes you'll run into them in different cities sometimes. So definitely have had more contact with the players this season than I did last season, but it's still not, open locker room where we're walking in and, and I, that's the thing that I miss the most personally is because that's yeah. where you got a chance to sort of see what the feeling in the room really is talk to guys in a less formal setting whether it be about family stuff or joking around or just getting to know guys a little bit better so to me from the reporting standpoint like that was the best way for for me to come up with a lot of different ideas and be able to do your own unique things. So I definitely missed that. I know I'm sure any hockey reporter would tell you the same thing. We're very much hoping that we get locker room access back next year. And that will also make it a lot easier for us to each kind of tell unique stories and, and pull guys aside and do one-on-one interviews and things of that nature. Uh, But, we do, we do get to spend more time around the players. I am in the practice facility every day for every practice. So you you see the interactions between coaches and players and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think to me, and I've written about this before, the main difference between Gallant and Quinn is that Gallant is much more hands-off. He lets the players do their thing, police themselves, have fun, he demands hard work like he, he wants his team to have this blue collar work ethic and be gritty and be physical and all that kind of stuff. But as long as you're doing that, as long as you're giving him the effort that he demands, as far as practice days and off the ice stuff, he lets you do your thing. He I don't think he's the kind of coach who's texting players often or really trying to do a whole lot with them away from the rink. Whereas David Quinn, I think, was a little more involved in that way. And and you could go both ways. I mean, some players might prefer a coach who they feel like they're friendlier with. Some players might prefer a coach who you you show up, he coaches you, you go home and you don't hear from him. I think Gallant is definitely more of the latter. And I do think that with some of the people on the Rangers, whether it be some of the veteran guys who have been around, like Kreider and, and Zibanejad and Strom, or some of the new guys they brought in, like Goudreau and Reeves, I think that that has put the ownership on them. And a few of the guys have said it, that they feel like it's given them more leeway to lead in the way that they see fit, to, to to do things their own way and to create their own culture in the locker room. And I think that that has obviously had a positive effect on their on the Rangers so far this season.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, something else, I think we've even talked about it a couple of times in the past, but, uh, you know, we've, we've both been covering this team for a couple of years. Um, do you have any sense if, and when the Rangers will ever name a captain. Like, personally, I, I don't think it will happen this year, and at this point, I don't even think it should because they're having a great season, so why mess with anything? But, um, yeah, and, and any idea of if this will
0: happen, when it might happen going into the next year, maybe? I'm yeah. done guessing. It's not going to happen this year. I'll tell you, I'll tell you <laughs> yeah. that. It's definitely not happening this season. Yeah. Maybe before next season, but I thought that coming into this season, I, I think that the players have, have made it pretty clear that it's not a big deal to them, Chris Kreider, I think, was the guy who said that he was like, honestly, this is a bigger deal for fans and the media than it is for us. I think they kind of like it. There's not one guy who gets all the pressure on his shoulders. I think that they have a pretty good, diverse leadership group. Kreider, to me, is the guy who I think really sets the tone. He's the guy that especially when things aren't going well after a loss, those type of things really is good at sending the right message and getting the team back to the basics and back to the, the, the principles that they want. But they all lead in different ways. I think Jacob Truba is a guy that I've heard repeated stories about in the last couple of years, has really stepped up as a leader. I think he's a guy whose voice carries a lot of weight, and he's the kind of guy who it seems will say something during an intermission if the team needs to turn things around or things of that nature. I think Mika is a quiet leader that especially a lot of the young forwards on the team, they really look up to him in a lot of ways. And and then even guys that don't, Strom is a guy that we talked about before, who I think really has a very positive influence. And I think he's the kind of guy that takes younger players aside and and takes a lot of ownership and is a little more vocal than a guy like Mika. But even some of the guys that don't wear letters, like Reeves I think has had a really positive influence on the locker room. I think a lot of guys respect him. They've all talked about the swagger that they have with him on the team now and how he's just made them a more confident group overall. So I think everybody kind of has their own thing, their own strengths, their own weaknesses, and they feel like they all complement each other pretty well. So the captain thing, I think the more that they have success without it and the more that the players express that it's not a big deal to them, I think that that really turns down the pressure on Jury or Gallant to make much of a decision on it. I think that they're, they're, Gallant said right off the bat, I, I didn't have a captain when I was in Vegas. I don't think it's a big necessity. I don't find it that big of a deal. So to me, this is my preference for now. Maybe next year they they reassess, but I don't even know who you would say the front runner is at this point. I, like I said, for me, I think if I had to pick someone, I would say Kreider probably fits the mold the best. But Kreider also isn't a big rah-rah kind of guy. So I don't think he's given a lot of fiery speeches. And not that you need that from a captain, but I, I think they all kind of wear different hats and it, and it works for them. And, and I haven't sensed that it's something they're talking about much right now, to be honest. So if they go into next season with that one, it really wouldn't surprise me.
1: Just want to take a minute to let everyone know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why and they're often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, just want to thank everybody once again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And something else I wanted to ask you about, were you at the uh, the Henrik Lundqvist game with his jersey going to the rafters? You, you were there for, for that night, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, what was that like, man? Because I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only Ranger fan who wishes I could have been in the building that night. I'm sure we've got people listening to this that wish they were there. Some of them maybe even were there, but man, just just try to put us in, into the building on that night and what that was like, if you could.
0: Yeah. It, w- it was really cool to be there for that. I-, I wrote about this. I think that there was a special, I mean, I haven't been there for other Jersey retirement ceremonies, so I'm sure that they were special and unique in their own way. But I, w- what struck me that night that I kept thinking about was when you looked at the, the, the most recent Jersey retirement guys from that 94 team in particular, there was four of them, Graves, Messier, Leach, Richter. So they all kind of share, even though Messier was the leader of that team, they all kind of share those memories. And I think fans, when they think back of that 94 team in particular, they think of all those guys. Lundquist is most likely going to be the only guy from his era who gets his Jersey retired. So I think that even though they didn't win a cup, they had so many great runs. And I know for a lot of fans, it was a very nostalgic time. I think fans are always going to think back of him singularly as the face of that era. And I think that's why there was a lot of feelings and, and, and emotions and love coming from fans in the days leading up to that. And especially at the ceremony ceremony. I mean, they, they, you know, say what you will about Madison Square Garden, but they really do a pretty good job of, of doing things the right way in those situations and really playing up the event and, and, you know, having all the little details just the way that they want it to be. So I think they did a really good job of making it a special night. I, I said this on my podcast. The, the one thing that bothered me a little bit was during Lundquist's speech, there was a lot of fans. I don't know if you, you heard this as much on TV, but in the arena, it was pretty apparent. There was a lot of fans that were yelling things out. And I didn't hear anything bad. It was like, hey, we love you, Henrik, stuff like that. But like, it was interrupting his speech a lot. He kept having to pause. There were certain parts where you couldn't hear him really well. So I do wish that people would have been a little more respectful in that moment and, and let him talk, because I think a lot of us wanted to hear what he had to say. But we also got to talk to him at the press conference prior to the R- Jersey retirement ceremony. And the main thing that struck me about him was after everything that he's been through in the last year and a half, you know, getting his job taken away from him when Igor got called up, getting bought out by the team and not getting to play his final year of his contract, making the decision to sign with the Capitals, then having that opportunity stripped from him because of the heart surgery, which I mean, the heart surgery thing alone, I'm sure really put a lot of things in life into perspective for him. That was a really turbulent year and a half for him. And I felt like what he was getting across that night was that he was at peace with the way that everything happened. He was very appreciative for his time with the Rangers. And I think that had to make you feel good that, that he really seemed to be in a good place mentally and emotionally. And and that was my main takeaway from hearing him talk that day, but overall it, it was really, really cool to be there. Definitely one of the most special nights of the season. And like I said, I think it had a lot of meaning for a lot of fans, especially people who grew up watching him and felt like he was such a big part of their childhood or, you know, their, college years or whatever it was, they're always going to remember him first and foremost when they think of that era. And I think that's really the connection that he has with a lot of fans.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. You know, something I mentioned on a previous episode of Locked on Rangers was that, you know, I I joined the Ranger fandom at a really good time, 1994. You know, that was the first time I ever really followed the team. And obviously we know how that season ended, but man, I mean, Henrik Lundqvist, he's been there for like more than half my fandom especially if you start with when he was drafted which was in 2000 I mean it's crazy to think about it. he just became uh, absolutely synonymous with with ranger hockey um Vince you know this is a ton of fun as always uh I want to put you on the spot here do you have a bold prediction for the second half of the season as it pertains to the rangers anything you want to just kind of throw out there um could be a player they trade for could be somebody who has a big second half any anything you got there
0: I think that at least one of the two young forwards we talked about, either Lafreniere or Kako, I think one of them is going gonna, is gonna to make a stride, make a jump that, that everybody's been waiting for. I'm, I'm reluctant to say both. I don't want to make that bold of a prediction, but I do think that one of them, especially, like I said, I'm really anticipating that they're going to get a, an extended run in the top six, at least going toward the trade deadline. So I think that one of them will make a jump and, and that will be something for fans to feel good about. I also, though, think that winning at the pace that they were winning earlier in the season, I don't know if I see that keeping up. Even if they're playing better overall, I do think there are reasons to question, okay, can they keep that up? Because they had one of the you know best records in the league in the first half of the season, which I don't think anybody saw coming. The only way that they su- sustain that is if Igor continues to play at this incredibly high level. And if he does, then you got to really seriously give him consideration as a Vesna Trophy candidate. But... I would look for one of the young guys to make a jump for sure. And I do think that as far as the Rangers final record, you know, they've been vying for first place in their division. If they finished third or fourth, I think that wouldn't surprise me at all. They're absolutely going to make the playoffs. I, I I don't think that's a bold prediction at this point. I think if you look at the Eastern conference standings, it, it's pretty clear who's going to be in and who's going to be out. But do I see them winning the division? Probably not. I think you're looking at a third, fourth place finish. I think you're looking at them going into a playoff series as a probable underdog. I mean, what they do at the trade deadline could change that. They make a really big splash, but there's been a lot of positive growth for this team this year, but you know, they five on five play, I think is still a concern moving forward. Their secondary scoring, I think is still a concern moving forward. So I could see, some, some positives, some negatives. They end up in that third, fourth place range. They make the playoffs. They, they take their chances from there. You get a hot goalie like Igor, anything could happen, but you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to win the Stanley cup. Cause I don't believe that they're quite there yet, but I, I think you're going to have an entertaining second half. I think this team has been really fun to cover for the first half. And I think, you know, what's going to happen in the second half for a lot of different reasons is going to be really interesting to watch as well.
1: Yeah, it's, it's been a ton of fun. You hit the nail on the head there. It's been a ton of fun covering this team this year and seeing them uh, really take a massive step forward and uh, kind of work their way out of this rebuild. And uh, it, it's been great. And Vince, as always, man, it, it's a pleasure talking some Ranger hockey with you and uh, definitely looking forward to having you on again some point down the stretch this season, as long as you're up for it. Anytime, John. Just reach out. Happy to do it. All right. Once again, a huge thanks to Mr. Vince Mercogliano for once again joining the Locked On New York Ranger podcast for this special two-part edition here. Huge thanks to you guys, as always, for checking out the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. We will definitely look to have Vince back on this show in the future, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore rangers thanks again guys i'll see you next time thanks for making locked on new york rangers your first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms now make your second listen locked on bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs locked on bets